It's that episode, not that episode, not that episode. It's that episode. It's that episode with Craig Rowan. Welcome to It's That Episode with Craig Rowan, and my guest today is the very funny John Gemberling. Hi, thank you so much. Thank you for being here. You might know John from such things as Fat Guy Stuck in Internet. Yes. And the legendary improv group Death by Ruru. Ruru, yes. And funny things all over the land in many different forms. He's got, uh, he's a good looking man. Thank you. <laughs> and I like him a lot. Thank you. Um, thanks for coming, John. So I like your transitioning, not being able to think of other credits for me into me being... Uh, how about uh, ro- uh, Robopocalypse? Is that what it's called? What? Where, what is it? What, the, the show that you were on. You were on a... Oh, oh, oh. Uh, uh, Robotomy. <laughs> Robotomy. I like that. <laughs> I like how both I got it wrong. I totally got it wrong, and then I thought you were going to be offended, and then you couldn't think of it. <laughs> well, Robopocalypse, it was yeah, originally called something different, and then... You forgot it. Yeah. I'm offended that you forgot it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, thanks for coming, uh, Gemberling. Um, thanks for having I'm very excited. Uh, what Me. what uh, show did you decide to watch today? Today, I decided to watch a show that I haven't seen, but I've been wanting to watch, which is Into the Universe with Stephen Hawking. It's a Discovery Channel show. I think there's just three episodes of it. Yeah, and we're going to watch the episode called Time Travel, which is, I am say, I'm extremely interested to see it. I had actually realized that I put this, I put this on my Netflix queue a while ago, but it's oh, one wow. of those things that I, I feel like, oh, I'm so interested in, and then it takes me forever to actually see it. But how could Stephen Hawking talking about time travel not be an incredible, interesting thing? I expect that it will be. Now, this is actually the second episode. Yes. I hadn't seen any of them, so I sort of wanted to watch the first episode, but the first episode was about aliens, and you said that you'd already done, I guess, something sort of similar. Yes. So yes. you sort of... You're pulling the, uh, pulling the curtain, <laughs> and we're sitting behind it. Yes, I have done an uh, episode of Ancient Aliens very recently, so we talked a lot about aliens, and I thought... That would be fun. I know you like aliens. I know it's the first episode, and now you'll have to go back and watch the first one second. And yeah, that's gonna... I just like to watch things sequentially, but maybe it doesn't matter. I think I'm guessing it probably. Will. I I almost think about this. I almost just, uh, or something about it reminds me of uh, Cosmos. Obviously, the cover has yeah. uh, the Cosmos on it, and it's a very smart physicist like Carl Sagan talking about stuff. So. I think it could stand alone. Yeah. Well, although you did want to watch Cosmos in sequence, right? Cosmos sort of built on its own knowledge base. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're really staring me down and trying to convince me that I made a huge mistake. Um, So let's talk, before we get into the episode, um, what... Do you have? I mean, I love time travel. I love movie. Any pretty much any movie with time travel intrigues me. I like Back to the Future. I even sure. watched Lake House because it had a time travel uh, post box in it. Or Did you watch um, Timeline? Which one is Timeline? Timeline was a Michael Crichton story that they turned into a movie. Ooh, I don't know if I've seen that. With oh, I forget the fucking boring asshole who was the. Star, but Billy Connolly is in it. Mm. Um, Funny man, Billy Connolly. Yeah, they do. Uh, they go. They invent like they're like laboratory workers or something, and they, the old scientist is like missing, and like he like accidentally went back in time. It all mm. takes place in the medieval uh, medieval times, in conflict between the French and the British, and it's like. It's pretty dumb. Yeah, that sounds like a very boring exploration of time travel at a certain point when you're stuck. That's like um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, and they have a time machine, and they get stuck in, like, ancient Japan. Yeah, but that makes sense for that. For that, for them, for that, it does, yeah. yeah. But a lot, of the, a lot of timeline is sort of, like, you know, just in this, like, really shitty-looking thatched roof town, like... It, it's like, uh, did you see the, um, the uh, Russell Crowe? Russell Crowe? 
Is he an actor? Yeah, he is an actor. <laughs> the Russell Crowe Robin Hood? No, I did not see that. It's like that level of shitty medieval, oh, like, we don't give a fuck. Did you see that, Russell Crowe? No. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know if anybody did. That <laughs> I mean, was like I saw a, a scene huge, on a huge flop. But the best part of Timeline is they always fire... They have they have like battles and they're always firing flaming arrows at each other, uh-huh. and then the big like the enemy's like big like dirty trick is they don't light the arrows on fire, <laughs> Wait, <laughs> so what? that they can't see the arrows coming. Oh my god! And so they lay they 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 uh, let go of this barrage of regular non flaming arrows, but it just happens to be nighttime, That's... <laughs> and the enemy's like night arrows, night arrows. <laughs> That's so anticlimactic because. <laughs> Non-flaming arrows are so much more boring than flaming yeah. arrows. It's just I guess if, it does make sense, but it's just if there's an unspoken agreement that we always light our arrows on fire that's at night. The only, yeah, <laughs> it's just fair war. That's yeah. how war is done. You have to light the the flames on the arrows. Um, do you have any favorite um, time travel things? Uh, timeline you said wasn't that good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just actually just said that. Um, my favorite time travel stuff besides Back to the Future. Um, uh, um, Have you seen the movie Primer? Did you see that? Yeah, I sort of like, I watched that at like four in the morning yeah. one time. And I was sort of falling asleep by the end, so I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Yeah, it's on. pretty complicated and like kind of, it's very heady, but it's a really cool... I, I think it's it was like cool a, at the beginning, and then by the end, I was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. It's one of those things that it's like smarter than me when I'm watching, so I give it the benefit of the doubt of like, like oh, Donnie that, Darko, yeah, that this is like, oh, this is great because yeah. I don't get a lot of it. But it was cool that it was like a sort of a realistic or quote unquote like I like that realism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was like Donnie Darko a time travel movie? I think it was, and I, I like the. I, I haven't seen that in a long time, but he talks about wormholes. And there is time travel, and he even references Back to the Future in it. So that's one up for me. Okay, that, that makes me. Enjoy. I didn't like Donnie Darko really. Yeah, I thought it was okay. I thought it was cool for what it was, but I like the Donnie Darko straight to DVD sequel better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> as, I, as I do with most movies. Um, all right, so why don't we check this out? Any things that you're, uh, any things that you assume? Are, do you assume that Stephen Hawking will be? We haven't seen this. What is going to be his part in it? Is he just going to narrate the whole thing? Any? I don't know. I guess I like, like you said before, we were rolling. It's sort of cosmos esque seeming. So uh, correction, I was rolling when I said that. Oh, we were rolling. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I like cosmos, and I'm hoping that it's similar to that. Um, looking for, you know, plausible explanations of uh, physically how time travel could work. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping that Stephen Hawking is front and center uh, in his wheelchair, uh, you know, pressing the space bar (laughs) so that the pre-written stuff can, you know, be played over the uh, audio. (laughs) You think they just pre-program it for this and he doesn't... I yeah, guess that's, that's what how he it does. Would, I guess that's how it would. I mean, for this, do you think that's a? Do you think he would write the script, or somebody else writes it and then they just put it in and they just sort of set him up and it just says the script? Well, when he does his like talks and speeches, I believe that it's pre-written stuff that he controls, like a slideshow, sort of the timing of. But we would never know if he just press press play and just sat there, sort of zoning out the entire time, right? I'm sure he does. Yeah. He's very sick now. He's sickly. Yeah. yeah. He's old and he has a terrible, terrible disease. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just to get us excited rather than thinking about how the fragility of life, this is the write-up of the show. It says on Netflix Instant, it says, is time travel possible? Hawking explores the world's favorite scientific what if, warping the very fabric of time and space as he goes. From killing your grandfather to riding a black hole. See how time travel may actually come true. Let's check it out. Let's check it. I like simple experiments and champagne. So I've combined two of my favorite things to see if time travel from the future to the past is possible. I'm throwing a party. A welcome reception for future time travelers. But there's a twist. 
I'm not letting anyone know about it until after the party has happened. Here is the invitation, giving the exact coordinates in time and space. I'm hoping copies of it, in one form or another, will survive for many thousands of years. Maybe, one day, someone living in the future will find the information, and use a wormhole time machine to come back to my party, proving that time travel will, one day, be possible. My time traveler guests could be arriving any moment now. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. What a shame. I was hoping a future Miss Universe was going to step through the door. All right. Holy moly. We survived Stephen Hawking's Into the Universe. There was not much similar between that and Cosmos. Yeah, that was really not great. (laughs) Whereas Carl Sagan had... uh, And I'm not actually blaming Stephen Hawking for this. No, no, no. uh, uh, Cosmos has like, you know... uh, it explains things simply and well and sort of thoroughly. It feels like a full meal of, of you know, interesting things to think about. Yeah, exactly. Physics and, and it lays universe. yeah, it lays out nicely and you feel like you've learned something or ooh, I've never thought of it that way before or something like that. With this it was just they'd give you sort of some information. They'd delve into it very deeply for a minute or two, and they'd be like, but what if there were a wormhole we could travel through time in? Yeah. And they'd never really explain what was going on. And then and then they'd have this cool concept that they'd just say, well, this is impossible, but... It was very, like, Discovery Channel, History Channel, affected, fair. In other words, the whole thing was like an After Effects 3D... Oh, yeah. Uh, graphic thing and, and, and for those of you who didn't watch uh, it was so beforehand we were talking about how much would Stephen Hawking be in it and they had an incredible <laughs> device to make it so he was in it for maybe three minutes altogether five minutes altogether which was at the beginning you see him in a room you hear his electronic voice talking and he says though in real life I, you know, am limited in my brain. I can do whatever I want. And then it zooms into his eyeball and it's... Well, there's a few close-ups of his, like, wheelchair and then his sort of twitching mouth and then on his eye and it zooms into his eye. And then his voice changes from the electronic voice to a young British voice. <laughs> and that's the guy who <laughs> narrates it through the whole time. And he, he's referencing himself as if he is Stephen Hawking. Cause once in a while I'll be like, I've always thought that, you know, whatever, but it's just some other guy talking. Yeah. And, and at the end we learned that in the credits that the guy who does his voice is named Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> <laughs> Um, But it does switch back to Stephen Hawking several times in the episode. The most notable time is when he talks about a simple experiment he would like to conduct or has conducted or I don't know what what the state of the experiment was in real life. But he makes uh, an invitation to a party Mm -hmm. and the invitation is for time travelers and it gives the lati- uh, uh, longitude and latitude and time uh, and says time no, zone. No need to RSVP. It says no need to RSVP, <laughs> and I guess it's on a piece of paper that like is would last for thousands of years. Right. Yes. And uh, you know, it invites time travelers to his party. And then he sets up. He has a butler, and it sets up a couple glasses of champagne and some simple hors d'oeuvres, and it's just. <laughs> It's just Stephen Hawking sitting in a room with balloons and some food waiting. Yeah, the establishing shot of the party is Stephen Hawking <laughs> just alone in his wheelchair in a living room. And there's just a table that has some champagne and some like weird mealy <laughs> yeah. 
uh, it's like, listen, if a time teller comes, <laughs> they're going to want to feast. He's got yeah. these weird tins of shish kebabs. <laughs> yeah. It's like, come on. Respect these guys. And time travelers are probably going to, in the future, everybody's going to be a vegetarian, so they should have some veggies. Yeah, they're not going to have the same, um, you know, diet. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, mama. <laughs> That was a serious brain lapse. While we were watching, there was a shot of a huge spaceship that was demonstrating how to um, to uh, f- f- travel the speed of light and go travel through time. And the joke you made was, um, and that spaceship's name is, and then you had about a 10-second 10 10 silence. And what did you say? Big... Big ass pie or something. <laughs> I don't know. But my thought process was it sort of looked like the event horizon. Oh right, right. And right. I already had like joked about the event, yeah, event horizon. horizon so yeah. I want I was like in that moment wishing that I hadn't referenced the event horizon <laughs> so I could just call it the event horizon. <laughs> right. And I was like, Can I just call this ship the event horizon? Well, Craig, respect me if I say event horizon. So then I had to say (laughs) Big Mama Pie or something. Um, I had to. Yeah, I mean, I respect that you did, and and I I laughed, and they're still friends. Um, I think that I think a couple of highlights that I noticed was there was a point where Stephen Hawking did say "check it out" in his voice. Yes, and I think that it was such a. I was hoping he'd be more involved or like, I feel like just a talk by him would be more interesting than a lot of this stuff because it was all theoretical, like weird bullshit. But then there was another part where it was Benedict Cumberbatch talking. It was actually at the party scene and it transitions from Benedict Cumberbatch doing the voiceover and it's like, and I would invite time travelers to my party. And then then it it, it like transitioned back. It was very abrupt. And that plus the image of Stephen Hawking just alone at his time traveler party waiting for time travelers from the future. And there's something in general that may, I mean, obviously he has this, uh, I don't know what the name of the disease is, but it's like, um, you know, you know, degenerative disease that sort of like ravages his body, but it makes it so seem that much worse to see all these special effects that aren't don't involve him, like just yeah. all these future things. And then whenever they got to him, it's just him in a room, just sort of sitting there, and like they can't really do any. Like sometimes they'll show shots of his glasses, and it has like universe gleams in the glasses to like yeah. amp it up. And he's got his little like whatever machine he has on his glasses. Yeah, on his glasses, and they and I feel like they tried to, especially during that time travel, uh, the time travel party scene. Like amp up and make it dramatic when you see him, but like, I don't know, it didn't really work. Did you see Errol Morris's documentary, A Brief History of Time? No, it's it, it's based on his book, and they did, and it has a lot of cool shots of stuff. It was cool, but this one, I, the graphics were just so atrocious that it was like, well, it's a shame because something like, and I, I think Stephen Hawking is good, you know, in, similarly to Carl Sagan, sure, he's yeah. good at like making these big concepts. Uh, you know, palatable and sort of uh, interesting to the layman brain, but um, yeah, it's 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 sort of sad that like in the eighties you could have a show like Cosmos, where the thrust is really like let's you know sort of titillate people's intellects with information, and now the sort of things are are just like it's 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 basically just like stuff you can tease before the commercial break like and coming up after the break we'll see how you can time travel and then (laughs) you come back and it's like well you could time travel if you could do like this this and this build a spaceship that could travel to the center of the galaxy and fall into orbit around the supermassive black hole in the center (laughs) of the galaxy and not crash into anything and go around that for five years and then come back. So really, it's not really possible, but you could do it in the realm of, you know, graphics. Yeah. The caveats are so huge. Like everything, <laughs> everything that they say is like, if you could do this. Well, that the exact, they did that in that, they did this element. First of all, they did not, as they teased in the write-up of the show, show somebody killing their grandfather. But they did show the mad scientist, quote-unquote, experiment, which was... Um, they're like, well, what if, let's just say that, 
you could create a, expand a wormhole so you could step through. And this scientist is is uh, putting a bullet in a gun, and he looks through the wormhole and sees himself one minute in the past, and he shoots himself in the in the brain. And the scientist is like a young Jet Li. Yeah, exactly. He's like wearing like Matrix type clothing, and he's like yeah, like an action star for some reason. Uh, and then he shoots himself, and he's like, but who would if he's dead? Who would have shot him? And then right after that, they're like, by the way, the thing that he was in is not, there's no way that could ever exist in any reality. Yeah, the large wormhole that allowed him to shoot himself through time is not possible. It's not possible at all. Yeah, it was a lot of half explanations. There was a car. They spend a lot of time talking about three dimensions. That was very strange. In other words, width, height, and length. (laughs) Yes. Then they go into a car analogy where... There's a sports car driving through the desert, and they're saying, "Well, if you go one way, you're dri- you know, if you drive up a windy road up a mountain, you're driving in three dimensions. Even though you're always driving in three dimensions, right? They're trying to illustrate there's three dimensions, and they're saying time is the fourth dimension. So you know, you, you have things have a width, a length, a height, and then time. There's a length of time." And then they go into this car analogy. So if you're driving a car, you're driving one way and then another way and then up a mountain and you're driving in three dimensions. (laughs) And supposedly this is going to – then they're going to illustrate how this would relate to the fourth dimension being time. But at that point in the analogy, they stop and cut to some giant time machine and have an image of a – Guy in a hazmat suit just walking through this Stargate and walking into a city of the future, which just looks like New York City, except it's surrounded by desert. Right. And that's it. Like, it lost its train of thought. Yeah. It could not... Well, they're like, there's... Man, wow, it would be hard to explain how to get from here to here. Let's not even talk about it. Let's just... Go. Let's just go. Everybody just wants to see a future city, so that's what we're going to do. Yeah. They just totally... Like, that car thing was just totally irrelevant. There was no reason for it at all. And they also had... <laughs> they, for, for, for really no reason, they were like, and if a spaceship could travel through time, it could... Or if you could put a wormhole in space right next to its outhole, you could, <laughs> like, fly a spaceship through the wormhole and out of the wormhole in the past... And go see the dinosaurs. And then they have a shot of raptors running (laughs) through the fields while a spaceship (laughs) is flying and a volcano is erupting. And there's no point. There's no reason. Because soon after, they say that uh, you actually couldn't travel backwards in time. You can only travel forwards in time. Uh, And it just felt like they wanted that graphic. Like, they probably had that in the commercial for the show. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And as you were saying while we were watching it, that they probably just stole the graphics of the Raptors from another Discovery Channel show. Yeah, I'm sure they sourced the, like, 3D gra- Raptor animations from, like, you know... What if dinosaurs had feathers? There were so many weird graphics. The other weird... The weirdest graphic to me was at the beginning, there was, like, as, as were the people who created Stonehenge, I am obsessed with time. And then they show... Oh, and they didn't explain how Stonehenge... Yeah, no, that's know, the other thing, the too. It's like... were obsessed with time. Yeah, and then they... And then they showed a shot of Stonehenge, and they showed, like, as if projected on the side of Stonehenge, pictures of Marilyn Monroe... And then one picture of Galileo. Yeah. And that was supposed to represent time? Like, what? It was a beautiful shot of Stonehenge. The sun is like setting behind Stonehenge. And then there's a fake projection of Marilyn Monroe across like two or three of the stones and then Galileo. So Marilyn Monroe is like 90% of your representation for time. Yeah, well, when you think of time travel and all of human existence, you usually think of shots of Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> I I don't quite know it, but I mean I don't quite know why. But as I said, Billy Joel t- talked about Harry Truman, Doris Day. Oh no, Marilyn Monroe is not in that song. I just realized. <laughs> I was thinking in in We Didn't Start the Fires. Is she in that song? I don't Marilyn know. Monroe. She is. I'm I not remember fucking... all the words to We Didn't Start the Fire. You don't you don't know the, all the words? No, I do. I know ninety percent of them. Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, half of the stuff they talked about just didn't really make any sense. 
and um and all of the exam i mean uh and they spent so much time on certain things and then like on the bigger things that you're actually interested in they didn't like they showed those shots of uh they basically to explain that there are small wormholes they they showed a shot of pool cues and pool balls for about like three minutes describing that there's space in between space and i was like i i don't care i just don't it, care yeah it drives me crazy because there is a way and it just seems like a shame because I, like i said i think stephen hawking is good at relating yeah. this information in general but to say they yeah they spend a lot of time being like things look to us like they're smooth or have a shape to them but really if you you know go down to the microscopic level things have you know different contours and pockmarks and holes the same is true with time if you get really small on time then there are these little tiny wormholes and folds and wrinkles and stuff and it's like i guess but you <laughs> haven't bridged the gap between it's like oh it's like it's such a half-assed way of explaining something. Yeah. It's like you got this pool ball see <laughs> and the pool ball is round and smooth but if we zoom in you see all these little nicks and contours to the pool ball that were not evident to you the same is true with time it's got little nicks okay let's move on it's like what but you haven't what? but how is t- but time is not a physical yeah, thing yeah how are the so you have to bridge the gap between you know you physicalized three dimensions in the pool ball right you have to you have to help us understand yeah. the physicalization of time so that we can then understand well if you zoom into time which is you're not doing you know <laughs> right yeah like what, i don't know what that is yeah like what are the equivalent what's the zoom in equivalent into the sort of non-physical thing of time I wonder what I wonder what uh, how much Stephen Hawking was involved in the making of the show. What do you think? What percentage do you think he was involved in making the show? I mean, his name's on it. His name's on it, and he's in it. But do you think he really did all that the the writing of the show? I don't know. I mean, I I would find it hard to believe that he would like put his name on something that. That he wasn't one hundred percent. I mean, he has no reason. I mean, I'm assume first of all, he's probably extremely rich for some reason for his books and giving you know talks and stuff. So he yeah. wouldn't need to. But at the same time, this isn't a, a great enough product. Like with Carl Sagan's Cosmos, it's like wow, this is sort of this epic, all encompassing thing. It was like a cultural thing, you know, like a touchstone it's but with this it's like three episodes of a cruddy cgi world like why the hell did stephen hawking do it i would guess that he well i think he does i think he writes books and does stuff like this for the same reasons carl sagan did well to to get people excited and interested yeah sure um i think he maybe just wasn't savvy enough like I, i would assume that they gave carl sagan more of the run of things sure. and we're willing to be like, okay, this can be a long drawn out series, you know, where you really explain, I mean, obviously it's, you know, based on his book, but you know, it feels like they were like, okay, you explain this in the way that you see fit, you know, whereas I would assume that the people of discovery channel who are, you know, pl- clearly interested chiefly in the sort of, you know, make the ads for it, make it look exciting right? and sort of graphically titillating. I think that that probably just got in the way and Stephen Hawking was probably just too like tired and fucking yeah. sick. To, like, and they can pretty much like talk over anything he says yeah. <laughs> or like just turn off his machine. And it's like, Oh, he's fine with everything. Yeah. Just be quiet. If you agree. I think their agenda, their graphical agenda probably just, I, I, I assume halfway through the process, you're just like, fuck this, whatever. <laughs> I'll go and sit in this room and I'll like edit down. Yeah. He probably had like good explanations written out. And I mean, there's like, a chance. Eh, we need this to be shorter. And- they could have, I mean, I mean, 
physically they could have just not recorded any audio with him and laid over whatever the hell they wanted with a similar voice than he has. I mean, <laughs> I mean like we would never know if he was held hostage to do this thing and like and they signed away a contract for him to just like yep it's all good like and they just have an alternate box that that makes a voice that he nobody would know that he's objecting to it the entire time <laughs> that's what i think that's, happened do you think do you think stephen hawking said check it out yeah like, exactly it's like <laughs> did stephen hawking really say it's time to party and, ch- <laughs> and check it out or whatever. <laughs> like maybe i'm sure he i hope he has a sense of humor about it but i mean now let's get that would to the- be funny if they found a way to hack into his voice control and were just like, I want to do this show. <laughs> yeah. Take me to the studio now. Discovery Channel <laughs> is my favorite channel. I have to go to the studio and record my parts of the show. Will you drive me? <laughs> but honey, we, we have plans tonight. <laughs> no, we don't. I want to record the show. <laughs> that would be the best way to get Stephen Hawking involved in your TV show. Put my name on this show. <laughs> but, but Stephen, we have a book deal right now, and this is going against the co- no, that contract. Fuck you. <laughs> You've never cursed at me in the 40 years we've been. Co- Shut the fuck up, bitch. <laughs> That's his wife. Um, That's his wife. Hey, man. Helga Hawking. <laughs> Helga Hawking's man. She. Sure, she has a hard time of it. Why are you so? Every time I play with your pens or your lock, you're like really eyeing it. Well, I'm just wondering what you're doing. Well, the real reason is is because this couch, uh, my fiance got it, and she she used to be very um, worried about things getting on it. So now I've and she's not anymore, but I have inherited the worry that it would get stained. So every it's time a you pick up, fucking amazing couch. It is a great couch. I mean, it would be such a shame. But if the question is, wait, well, you're asking me why am I obsessed with watching you? Is, well, well, why are you grabbing lock. stuff from my desk? You've never seen anybody like uh, you know just do Tool something around with idly things? with their hands. Uh, I mean, I've seen the movie Idle Hands. <laughs> if with, that's uh, with um, uh, Devin Sawa. <laughs> <laughs> And that fucking lump shit cake from uh, who? Uh, uh, that fat guy from he was in uh, Battle of Shaker Heights. I I don't know that. He was in uh, Butterfly Effect. Oh yeah, he was also in. If it's a guy I'm thinking of from uh, Butterfly Effect, he was also in um, Boy Meets World. Mm, I don't know. But um, Butterfly Effect is also one of my uh, a great bad time travel movie. Have you seen it? Yes. Where he t- try- time, he can time travel only throughout his own life within his own body. Yes. So he will, and every time he goes back in time, he changes one minor thing, like he stops his friend from getting molested by her father or something. And then when he comes back to the present, everything in the world has changed. Like, all of his friends are goth now, all of a sudden. But all the changes are... I mean, obviously, things would change if you time travel. But all the things are very specifically, like, they're either jocks or they're goth. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it makes, like, All no of his sense. friends are such... Are such uh, personality-less, like, moldable ciphers. Right. Exactly. A little change in their life <laughs> makes them completely different people. My favorite moment in that movie is when he... He's in jail for some reason. I can't remember what. And he's about to get beaten up by the other inmates or worse. <laughs> and uh, and he time travels back to when he was a kid in elementary school. And he sees on his teacher's desk like two pointy things like that you'd put like receipts on in a deli or whatever, you know. And he slams his hands down on them. And then he time travels back to the future where he's in jail. And he shows them his hands and he has stigmata. I was like, what the hell? Like, how come every time oh, yeah. you go back in time, everything changes? But with this, you slam your hands down and you still go to jail. Like, the same thing. Ha- like, come on, Ashton. Yeah, it wasn't great. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. Oh, I usually do um, with uh, when we watch an episode, I like to d- create a drinking game based on um, the episode we just watched. So, what oh, would like, you think? What was the most repetitive thing in the episode? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. 
What I would, would you say think? Anytime they show something that is a computer graphic. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just, it's like you have to have just a trough or a bucket and you're constantly, it's just a, a stream of liquid that's constantly going into your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, uh, maybe, um, um, uh, maybe every time they say ninety nine percent, yeah, yeah. Not, once they started talking about the speed of light, that every time they're like to make it clear, like repeatedly over and over, like we can never get to full speed of light. It's ninety nine point nine nine percent. Both of the things, both the time travel train and the time travel uh, ship can go 99.9%. We didn't even talk about the train. Why do you want to explain the train real quick for those people who... who? Uh, I think you could probably do a better job explaining it than they did. Well, they give three main examples of how you could time travel into the future. And it's all the same thing. So it's all basically redundant. The first is a spaceship that travels to the center of the galaxy and revolves, falls into orbit around the supermassive black hole at the center of the galaxy. And just because the black hole is so massive, its mass slows down time. Um, and then you would revolve around that for five years and when you get back to earth 10 years would have passed and wait and, and just based on that remember that they also said that when this is something that i didn't quite understand this was right before that and totally related they said because it's so much mass time slows down near it and they use the example of at the pyramids in egypt when you're standing next to the pyramids time is slower and then they said, if you look at, were they being, was it real that if you look out from the pyramids and you see people that aren't as close to the pyramids that they look like they're moving faster? I don't know. It was very confusing. They made the point, which I guess we have to believe them, that the larger something's mass is, the more time is slow around it, which is why you would travel to the black hole the extremely massive black hole at the center of the galaxy to slow down time. So yeah, they use the example that standing next to the pyramids, because they're so massive, time is slower there. But then when they showed it, they showed the people at the pyramids in just video slow-mo. Yeah, which was very strange. And the people outside of the period you know like farther away from the periods in a sped up video so and they were talking as if that's they were showing you just what was actually happening yeah but clearly it was video effects so it was very confusing whether or not they were actually saying if you're standing on the pyramids things farther away look to be moving faster and if you're looking at the pyramids from farther away people look like they're moving slower I don't... It's not something I've ever heard. I've never heard that, too. I feel like that would be an incredible thing to see firsthand. Yeah. If, but, and the way they demonstrated it, it was like, this might exist. I, was, I, I kept waiting for them to say, of course, the difference is so negligible as to yeah, not be the, noticeable. Yeah, you think they'd reference maybe, like, <laughs> what you're seeing is obviously not the real thing. Yeah. We're just demonstrating it. That but was they the never main did. part in the show where you realize they actually don't care what you learn. Right, exactly. They're just sensationalizing. Total, like, travel. they shouldn't leave it to us to assume that was not real. Yeah. They should say, yes, the, you couldn't see it by the blind eye. We're just demonstrating it. Yeah. Um, so that's one way to travel through time. Then the other ways to travel through time are two completely redundant ways, which is traveling yeah. extremely fast. And incredibly close. <laughs> um, you can't travel the speed of light, but you can travel almost the speed of light. So if you built a big train track all the way around the world and got on a train that could travel near to the speed of light, you could travel around the world really fast, and in a week's time, a hundred years would have gone by. Okay. So then they have, you know, this great graphic of <laughs> a train track that's, you know, in the desert, and it's in Antarctica, and it's in, like, Chicago or something. and it's Australia, just, I think, too. Yeah, it's just going around around the world. Well, that had one thing that I thought was really interesting in it, which was... 
they're like, we can only go, as you said, and you'd have to drink at this point, 99.99% of speed of light, but in the train. So let's say the train is going that fast. Let's say there's a girl in the train that is running forward in the train, and that wouldn't that possibly put her past the speed of light? I was like, oh, that's a pretty cool idea. But then they said that for some reason... Though because time slows down in the train, she would never be able to reach faster, and that's why time travel is possible. Yeah, I don't quite get it, but I thought that was a pretty cool. Well, they're concept. not explaining it. They don't explain it from. They never say why you couldn't travel the speed of light. Right. Yes. They only treat it as a given. Like, oh, I think he even says, "Just believe me." Yeah, yeah. I think he, he says even, that a few times. Yeah, he says, yeah. I can't. It, I, he says, I know it sounds weird, but just believe me. And I'm like, I do believe you, but that doesn't mean that I, n- I now understand anything. Yeah. I wish, yeah. Uh, yeah, they treat it as if the universe has a conscious intention to not let you travel the speed of light, and therefore it wouldn't let you. Like, that's how they explain it. Yeah, they, sort of said, they said there's a speed limit. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, who enforces it? Yeah. God? Is that God. what Stephen Hawking is saying? God's like, ding, 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 roll down the window. <laughs> <laughs> you know how fast you're going here? <laughs> Let me see your ID. You were traveling, uh, you're getting pretty close to the speed of light there. <laughs> <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> uh, God is a stickler for going past the speed of light. And that was so that was the second way you could travel through time and the third way was exactly the same as the second way just in a gigantic spaceship called Mama Hot Pie. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, the the spaceship is the same as the train except it's not on earth, it's traveling through space and it has it's huge so it has enough fuel and in 6 years time it's gotten up to the speed of light it's very confusing how they doled out specific information because they said that the train traveling a week 100 years would go by outside of the train right and then they said the spaceship would take 6 years to get up to the speed of light and for every day that passed for every hour that passed on the ship a day would pass on Earth. Something like that, yeah. So, for whatever reason, the spaceship is slower than the train. Like, the train was just a complete fantasy. The spaceship, I guess, was a little more realistic, but it was the same concept. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm uh, I'm a little disappointed in this episode of of uh, that we watched. Like, I just wish, because this felt like... I'm actually really glad we didn't watch the Aliens one, because the Alien show that I watched was called Ancient Aliens, and it was all about conspiracy theories and like, the, but it was exactly like this. Like, I don't think in it, them dealing with aliens would be any more enlightening. Yeah, I did not think that this was going to be as sensational as it was, it, and it, it was quite sensational. Um, Nova, I have to recommend. I, I, I do like Nova. I haven't seen the I new Nova. That's Novas. a great show. Um, not every, you know, it's, uh, the episodes are so wildly different that you know. You could one could be interesting to you and one could not, but that they do do they do a good mix. They sort of, I guess, you have to be somewhat sensational right. to like have one of these shows, but they do explain things sort of thoroughly and go into depth. I think trying to tackle something. Also, it wasn't anything I hadn't heard yeah, before yeah, a million exactly. times. It wasn't any in-depth stuff. It was just like you could travel light speed. You can't travel. We, yeah. we can't build a time machine. You can't go back. In it's time. like here's your options. You can't do any of them. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy, and just with really like sort of high tech bad graphics. Yeah. What would you say to Stephen Hawking if you could talk to him just about this show? I can only talk to him about yeah. You could episode two of yep. Was it into the universe? Into the universe was Stephen Hawking. I guess I would say. I guess I would ask him to clarify. I mean, I, I'm not gonna like insult him. I'm not. Gonna, oh like, sure, I'm, hey, I'm shit not on him about the show. You know, yeah, you made a show. You made a show. Hey, you know? I know that. I'm not I didn't mad make at a show. I, I you know, mad he made a you. show. He did it. He did something. He did it. <laughs> uh... You know, I guess I would just ask him to clarify the fourth dimension thing. Yes. You know, why, what, 
I understand that you're saying time is the fourth dimension, but I've never been able to understand why yes. that is. Like, why that's such a given that time is the fourth dimension. I just I don't understand that. So I, I think I'd ask, what is the plausibility that it is actually possible to travel through time? Because they don't quite say that. I mean, they say that this big spaceship could exist. What's the plausibility? When would you think it would be ha- happen? And what are the implications? And what are the uses of it, too? Like, right. I feel like if you're having Stephen Hawking talk about time travel, there's so much interesting about it. Like, the idea of it that, like, they, I feel like I just want to know what he thinks about it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, more than just the, the, the non existent ways of, of doing it. I mean, come on. Yeah, you want to hear? This is the guy. This you know, is it's the like, guy. These yeah. other, these other, like you know, Shark Week shows and stuff. Like, you're talking to people that like aren't the guy. You're talking to the fucking dipshit that like agreed to do the show. Right. Exactly. Like, this okay, is so Stephen I don't Hawking. expect this guy to like really know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> but you've got Stephen Hawking, the guy who could give you at least plausible ideas of like, I think we could achieve this. You know. I think we could achieve propulsion that would be capable of near light speed travel in a hundred years yeah. or fifty years. You know, like even There's hearing that. that stuff is more interesting. Just hearing the idea that in three hundred years it's possible to me was like more interesting. It's yeah. more interesting than like most of the stuff. Here's what talking. we'd have to do: we'd have yeah. to invent this type of propulsion. And yeah, it would have to be you know, a, the ship would have to be shaped like a fucking you know shark's fin and yeah. You know. And that's the other thing because they show all. The ships and I'm like, those are the types of ships that would be like the shape of the ship. I'm like, talk. Yeah, well, there's no drag in space. That's true. There's no. Uh, there's not. Um, there's no. They don't need aerodynamic. Yeah, a ship, spaceship doesn't have to be aerodynamic. It needs to. I guess. I guess the needs of a spaceship of that scale are, you know, to make to have be able to carry all the fuel, be able to carry the fuel, be able to, you know. You know, have the propulsion system, you know, shaped in the right way. And then you're talking about the environments for the crew. You, you need some recreational stuff. You need, obviously, you need a tennis court. oxygen recycling, waste disposal. You know, the stuff that you'd need, like, in a in an apartment building where you, you can't ever leave the apartment building. Right, exactly. You need a, no big, a big duty vacuum to get all the duty out. Um. I actually read a book recently, How to Pack for Mars, and they talk specifically about how astronauts take craps. Like how they have to aim their butt, butt over a certain area. Sorry, I'm talking about that. <laughs> What's the area? It's a vacuum because it, it like pulls it out. You know, like you need to sort of, because there's no, it, the, the, there's no gravity or everything floats around. You don't want it to bounce around, which it does happen in a spaceship. So they have a special vacuum, and you sort of have to, like, I think there's a video of your butt, and you sort of have to get your butt over a certain area so it gets caught in the vacuum and gets sucked out. What about the piss? The piss, I forget how that works. But we are, yeah. I think I they mean, if have. If you're shitting, I, you're pissing, right? I don't know. That's a good question. I think well, you I've have never to been separate. able to shit without pissing. I think you can. You just don't have the. Is that part of astronaut wherewithal. training? I, I wouldn't be surprised. There are many parts of astronaut <laughs> training that this book. It's an awesome book, um, but there are a lot of parts of astronaut training that exist that you would never ha- really think that they do. Like I would never assume that there's a camera pointed at your butthole that you have to learn how to shit, but there is. Um. Any thanks, John? Is there any other thing that you'd like to point out about the show, or any um, any shout outs? Uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Hanko's Great Vietnamese Sandwich. I always pronounce it Hanko's. Really? Yeah, Hanko's. It's H A N C O. Yeah. I don't know. Well, their major competitor is Henry's. Wait, where's your? Hanko's. My Hanko's is on 10th Street and 7th Avenue. Because the, the, we have one on, uh, on near Smith and uh, maybe Baltic. or uh, Vietnamese sandwiches? Yeah. They're good, right? No, is it Baltic? No, it's um, Bergen. And yeah. then their competitor is Nicky's. I think I like Nicky's better. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, Henry's 
were Henry's are ex employees from Hanko's yes. that took the recipe, took the menu, and charge a dollar less. For there the was sandwiches. a this American Life about it, yeah. So a shout out <laughs> to Hanko's. Shout out to Hanko's. Thanks, John, for coming. Thank you. And if you're listening in the future, come back and bring us some Hanko's right now. And we're waiting, and we have some glasses of water for them. And let's see if they walk through the door. Our time travel party has failed. Mm. But a little less depressing than than Stephen Hawking's. Well, we also didn't give the time, the latitude, or the longitude. The latitude is 20 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> I don't know how latitude longitude works. I think it's just degrees. I don't think it's Fahrenheit. I think it's that's the fourth dimension of latitude longitude. Let me explain it. There's a car and it's going uphill. That was John driving off into the sunset. He was a great guest. We'll see him next time. Bye. Look out for that time travel train. I'd like to thank again my guest John Gamberling for stopping by my apartment to watch Into the Universe with Stephen Hawking. Uh, We learned a lot, did we? Not quite really. We did see a lot of computer graphics, and we did get a little disappointed. But what are you going to do? Not every science show you see is going to open up your minds to the possibility of human interaction through time and space. But um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, If you like the podcast, please give a review on iTunes. It helps the show out. It helps me out. It makes me feel good when I wake up in the morning and and, uh, check it immediately upon waking up, which is what I do every single morning. I I immediately look at, did anybody review? That's the first thing I do before I even, I, I sort of reach for the computer before I even open up my eyes. It's, uh, it usually, it ends up with me dropping the laptop computer and cracking the screen and I've had to replace it three or four times. So eventually, uh, I'm going to have to ask listeners um, to basically you need to pay me back for all the broken computers. But um, thank you so much for listening. And I'll be back later in the week to let you know what's going on next week on next week's episode. So thanks again. Have a great tomorrow and an early afternoon. Adios, amigos. Amigos. <laughs>